The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. I think it is highly intelligent. I don't think it's as intelligent as a human, but I think it's more intelligent than apes or other animals, which is one of the reasons it's been able to avoid us. And I think the reason we haven't found one is that they've actually, to avoid competition with humans, that they've adapted and evolved different behavior patterns specifically to avoid us. Tonight on an all-new Monsterland, hold on to your hip leather hats, we're going squatching. More ghosts in Ronnie's house, Maddie had to go to her funeral, oh, let's see what else, oh yeah, all our dreams have been completely crushed. Other than that, <laughs> Everything's awesome. Your mail, a new round of Factor Falcon, all that and more tonight on Monsterland. Let's go! Welcome to a wicked mystery. A paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts, paranormal author, researcher, and speaker, Ronnie LeBlanc, and the host of The Curse of Oak Island Drilling Down on the History Channel, Maddie Blake. (laughs) Good evening, monsters. We've (laughs) missed you. I don't remember. Dave's uh, hiding his, his the last time Dave's this hiding much himself. this much hell has broken loose before we've even started the show. <laughs> we have some special guests. We have in guests studio. in studio, and when that happens, we get overstimulated. I've Especially had his two beautiful blondes. I've had so twelve speak. Red Bulls. <clears throat> yeah, you really he really holy has. shit. It's awful. It's awful. Uh, no more. You're like me with the coffee. I got agita. <laughs> I didn't know Red Bull came in a vape pen. <clears throat> Greetings, monsters. It's good to be with you again. We had a week off. Um, I had to run off to Oak Island, unfortunately, for a, a sad reason, which I'll talk about momentarily. But um, let's catch up. Ronald, how are you? Great, Matthew. Did you have right. a good week? I did. Yes. yes. Other than our crushing, crushing our lives being destroyed? Other than that? Uh, I was very excited last week. I was on <laughs> fire, man. Yeah. And then we get some news on Monday. Yeah. Whatever, we were, we were, I'm all good. We were given tickets to the like to Space Mountain. <laughs> got in line, waited for a very long time, sat in the Space Mountain uh, cars, <laughs> were buckled in, went up the hill, and then the lights were turned on. And they told us that the ride was broken. You yeah, know what? Yeah. We have yeah, some. That's what happened. We had to walk, out. and then we had to walk down those metal steps with the employees. Everyone gold, looking at us. And we got outside, and Boom. Disneyland was closed, and there was no food left. And my father had too much to drink, and and he hit you. Moose outside should have told you. Park's closed. <laughs> wow. God it bless. is a small yeah, And now world. you had to bring up dead John Candy. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> so what we're talking about, monsters? Yes. Is, uh, he's been, hey, he's been dead for twenty years, man. The dream is still alive, Ronald. It, of course it is. And, and let's me. Jesus. Let's learn a lesson here. Let's everyone learn a lesson. <clears> and that <throat> lesson is this: if you've murdered a showgirl. Call a buddy and it, oh no no hey, no three can I, keep a secret if two are dead. Another lesson. It's another lesson. And also, a penny saved is a penny earned. Both of those quotes, Benjamin Franklin. Is that true? The sh- Benjamin the fir- Franklin the first murdered one. a showgirl. No, but he said oh, the other one. He said, "Oh, you want to keep a secret? You know, whatever it was." I wonder what showgirls were like in Benjamin Franklin's time. <laughs> They'd show you, show you some ankle. 
<laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> that Philly's a fine one. Wow. Why do they talk? They wouldn't talk like that. <laughs> oh my God. Would you look at those pantaloons? <laughs> the women have gotten too loose. Their pantaloons are too tight. <laughs> look at that girl. Look at that whore. Miss Kardashian. <laughs> I guess it'd be a Kardashian of the day. Wow. And her powdered pink wig. <laughs> Everyone knows a woman's wig should be white. Uh, That's <laughs> what she said. Listen, everyone shut shut up. All right, yeah. So let's go back. We all right. All right. Let's talk about. Let, let's describe what we're talking. About. We're exposing ourselves. What? No, I don't mean, no, say I that. Mean not like Do not say that. <laughs> not like we're we're taking clothes. No, 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 no. We're uh, becoming vulnerable. Yes. We're opening up. That's. That's even more. We're sharing. <laughs> All right, so we made a we made illusion last week, and that's why. I, now, aren't you glad I didn't go off on a big long thing about it? What? <laughs> what? Oh boy, better get that thirty second fast forward button ready. It's time for another Maddie rant. <laughs> You know, <laughs> what's the word? Uh, do I want to rant against the uh, industry? Yes. Sure, I do. Yes, let's do it. But I'm not gonna. Ah. I'm gonna. You know why? Because they, they go low, we go high. Wait, we get high? Or we haven't even done any good. <laughs> 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 uh, uh. All right. So I'll, I'll let's just make a long story short. Okay. Let's also remember this is the lesson I want to learn. Too late. True. The lesson I want everyone, you monsters, to learn is that uh, to keep your perspective. Because remember, Ronnie, we mm. never got into this to do a TV show. Kinda. We, I mean, look, you can't be in this world we're, right now and be talking about this stuff without it, because it's just ubiquitous. Because oh, yeah. of yeah. the things we watch, the things we're into, it's all of us. So we, Ronnie and I, were approached to potentially um, put, as I said last week, a, or two weeks ago now, a visual component to Monsterland. We were approached right. by a production company, and the ball got rolling. As Ronnie will tell you, I've been through this uh, not, not not to over exaggerate, but you know, not hundreds of times, but you know, a buzz a bunch of times, ninety eight times, <laughs> and and every time, well, not every time, but most times, it's it's that's what happens. That yeah. But I've been also blessed where things I've pitched have been picked up, and I've been blessed to make a great living in this business. Right. Um, so I'm always very jaded about this stuff, and, and I try to be realistic. I'm a positive person, but you know when these things are happening, I kept telling Ronnie, like, look, this could be a two-year process. This right. could be a five-year process. This All it is is meetings. And I'm like, shut have a up, bunch man. Of meetings. I'm excited. Well, you were right because it <laughs> happened faster than I ever thought it would happen. Crazy, right? And it, it I got suckered into it as it were yeah. and we got at the highest levels and we were uh, pre-green light and a couple networks and um, we assumed we assumed I was like we're, 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 we're a lock we're well a lock. that one of them yeah that one of them was going to pull the trigger because it really did honestly look like that two big networks so. and, and the person shepherding this project has has tons of experience in this world has been told yes and has been told no and he was like, "This, there's just too many yeses about this thing. Right. It's just gonna go. It's gonna go." And it didn't go. But that's only two places. Seriously. So the right, dream I, the, I, out of the gate. I mean, it's incredible that we even. I, I told you, 
it's incredible we even were where we were. Right. It no, really I was. feel blessed and I'm excited. I learned a ton in the past six months. I did too. I'm even more I don't know, empowered by the whole thing and, and validated by yeah. it. Yeah. You know? It, well, so. absolutely. Yeah. Date producer Dave. Pardon me, yes. No, please. How did you know I was gonna how did you know I was gonna ask something? Because we've been working I, together. God, you know why? Because of reps. Psychic. Because of reps. I'm rep reps is what it is. Uh, producer Dave here, sitting here, just ready, uh, you know, ever ready to ride on your coattails, as always. Bring it. Coattails were were primed. They I was were, wondering what they that were, weight was. <laughs> you know, it was awesome. Back they were in- all sort of chalked up for me, ready to climb onto. But um, so my question is, mm-hmm. you got the nose, mm-hmm. but does are the nose one hundred percent no and really move on to the next door? No, they or were, they call were, me in six months or they were positive. They they liked us. They liked the chemistry. Yep. They liked the idea, but they they had stronger things in the pipeline mm-hmm. was kind well, of Well, I don't message, even know but not in my opinion, some of them were not stronger. But yeah. I think they had things in the pipeline that were there long before us. Right. And and the plate the paranormal plates of some of these networks are full. It's mm-hmm. so we were number crazy. like nine. They've already greenlit right. four. They're going to greenlit two more. We yeah. were, I think we were a little bit Johnny Come Lately in terms of, uh, you yeah. know, by the time they found out about us, they had already, hey, we're going to do a big paranormal uh, uh, push of shows. Right. Um, I mean, other than the restraining order, <laughs> I think they really love it. There's them. a lot of promise. <laughs> a lot of promise. No, but they did. So, uh, they, they, I think, look, Hollywood, quote unquote, the biz is 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 filled with stories of this where there's a pass and then You've uh, said a it, year yeah. later or six months later that show ends up on the network. So nothing's dead, but for now those two yeah, networks first it's, off, it's over. Those two networks become the networks that didn't draft Tom Brady. That's there right. you go. They Thank drafted you. Drafted somebody and that's else how we were looking Tom at Brady. Thank you, David. He's but, a revolution player? Soccer? Uh, yeah. Revolution? Tom yeah. is Tom Brady? Fo- mm. They call it football over there. Oh, yeah. right. Okay, yeah. So and it's Spanish, it's Tomas. Oh. Right. Okay. And um but but in in a brief note <laughs> of seriousness and yes. in this otherwise uh, off the rails show. Um <laughs> you you Maddie and you both jokingly were obtuse about your opportunity on this podcast. Correct. And because you didn't want to give out too much and I don't know, we might Correct. get it. But the but now I know there was a nugget of truth in that. And you and you're Maddie, yeah. you're so lovingly self deprecating about your career, but um that's I, I think for whatever it's worth, credit to both of you for having a wonderful attitude about it because you know you're doing something creative and great. And then your attitude is like, we we're not gonna lie, we would be really excited about this thing, yeah. but we're also smart and we know there's there's luck involved and everything else. Right. So it's all about that, timing. You, that's my, that's my mini sweet. pep talk. But it's very my, sweet. my thing is like you know the ones that you know accomplish their dreams, they have a dream to begin with in the first place. It's mm-hmm. not like hey, here's a TV show, we're giving these out. Right. Someone's actually wanting to kind of make that happen, and and you know we're just we're having fun with this. We're bringing truth to people. We're mm-hmm. trying to bring this to a, a greater awareness, and mm-hmm. not just the people that are into into this, but people that are discovering, wow, this is pretty cool. Like there's yeah. something else going on that I'm not aware of, and and you're learning about it. So well, and that was kind of our thing too, is like common regular guys who wanted to be, you know, who who honestly mean it from the heart like we want to give people who might otherwise be shy to talk about this stuff a platform you know to talk about the stuff as it becomes more and more accepted in society right um yeah so that's it and and look you know like i said look think of all the podcasts that are out there in this space that would die to be in the rooms that we were in seriously die to be despite what they say 
Like, Big by time. the way, I don't Big do time. this to do TV, please. <laughs> if these people came coming, came calling, uh, you would have been right in those rooms too. So do it, it did, for the fans, man. Yeah. Just do it for the fans. It did get exciting. It did. Oh, and yeah. uh, and Ronnie, look, your our guest tonight uh, is on a show with you on Travel Channel. Yeah, in search of monsters. So there you go. Yeah. You're you're already on TV, and, and you are too. So well, I mean, it's not about me, Ronnie. But is it? <laughs> is it really, Matthew? Don't you have anything coming up next? <laughs> next week on Maddie makes a boo boo. Do you have anything to plug at all? Usually the, around this time, no, nothing. Oh, I don't. I should tell the. I should no, talk about my. We actually trip. do what? Your script. What? April second uh, and I'm sorry. April twelfth and the thirteenth. Parafest. What the hell is that? Oh yeah. What the fuck. Also, I just wanted to mention, this episode is sponsored by Parafest. Can I do a little impression of my pre presentation at Parafest? Sure. Okay, so introduce me. I'll, I'll, this is how it's going to go. Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris of Oak Island History Channel's Drilling Down, Maddie Blake. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> oh, wow. So you think I can't have a fucking TV show? <laughs> <laughs> Stop shaking me! What's the guy who hosts that show? The fucking guy who's got all the shows. What's his name? Joshua Gates. Joshua Gates can test my <laughs> dick. Don't take me off the stage. <laughs> he sucks. Uh, day one of Parafest was a success. I would buy a ticket to that. Oh, my God. I'll be honest. I Unfortunate would. incident at Parafest <laughs> this year. No, no, no. I'll be happy to be there, and we'll do a presentation. So we're gonna have a, a tell a, yeah tell everyone. So we're gonna do a, a presentation on Monsterland, but then also Maddie's gonna have a Q and A on Oak Island. So Sweet. it's gonna be really really fun. All right, so uh, I had to go to Oak Island. For those of you who are fans of the show that listen to this podcast, there's a couple. Um, yes, we we lost a great man, Dan Blankenship, who I was calling the Rock of Oak Island. Ninety five years old. I got the call. It, I, I don't know how you can be shocked. By getting the call that a 95-year-old man passed, yeah, I was shocked. What was your first question? How did he die? Yeah, well, I I don't know what I first said. I think I was like, oh, no. And I started immediately thinking, what do we what do? We do? What do we do? What do we do? You right. know what I mean? Because it's weird. It's like... Now, is he the seventh person? No, because... The, no, because he's technically... Well, here's the thing with the, with the curse, quote-unquote. Yeah. You know, nobody knows where the curse came from. We think... It, we, we know based on our research, where it was first mentioned in an article, in a, in a book. And the curse but is what? Seven people have Seven to must die. die before the, you know, the treasure will be revealed. But okay. the spirit of the curse, if there's such a thing, is that it's died while actively hunting for treasure. Oh, okay. So we, we passed seven years ago with people related to the show or involved with the show passing away by gotcha. all kinds of different issues uh, and natural causes of age or whatever. But... You know, the, the spirit of the curse is that these people die while actively searching for treasure. In other words, uh, the treasure search causes it. I, I not, a, not a 95-year-old man passing of natural causes, Got you know. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was wild. And he, you know, Dan Blankenship was one of these guys. We always say, you know, I always shy away from the phrase, they don't make them like that anymore because, or the, you know, the greatest generation was the greatest generation, but there are kids serving the military now 
that are such heroes that I always refrain from that because yeah. I'm like, we got heroes now too. Listen, you know, oh, no question. But if that saying were to be true, it would be true about a guy like Dan Blankenship. Mm. Uh, don't make him like this anymore. Um, war hero, you know, fought in World War II, uh, incredibly talented contractor, built built buildings and hospitals, gave up his business to go, uh, who does this? He read an article, Reader's Digest article about Oak Island, said to his wife, we're going. I'm going to solve this freaking thing. Unbelievable. Moves his wife. And what wife stays with him the whole Seriously. time? And by the way, there weren't no cameras all those years when he was out there in the heat and the right. cold. It was just him and uh, some coworkers, and then eventually his son, David. Um, and that passion. Never gave up. And yeah. then at the funeral, you know, I spent a lot of time with, with you know, with David, especially his son, but with Dan, too, Um and I always valued it just, just because of the wealth of knowledge he had. And the crew who are embedded on Oak Island all summer, you know, I'm coming in for a week here, a week there, a week there. Um, these guys were embedded with him all summer for years now. They spent a lot of time with, with him. And, you know, it was very sad. It was like losing a grandfather mm. figure, you know, or a father figure. And so it was difficult. And then he was always so kind to me, always, always, and sharp. His mind was sharp. He would always remember me, you know, a month would go by, <clears throat> a month or two maybe in some cases. I'd be there for a few days. I'd spend a few hours with him. We would talk. We'd spend some time off camera chatting. And over the years, he got to trust me and like me. And every time he saw me, hello, Matty. And then he would say something like, you know, last time you were here, I said such and such. But what I wanted to say was, and I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. I don't remember that interview. Now, <laughs> has he, I mean? has like, he told you, you anything that you yes. look back now that you go, holy yes, shit. Yes, yes, He, he told me a story amazing. about 10X, uh, that 10X, well, when we when I found out, I didn't know this because we hadn't talked about it on the show in the early days. Uh, history, the network didn't tell me this. We eventually did talk about it. But at the time, through all my research stuff, I wouldn't have known this. You know how we found 10X? Mm. The spot to dig? Dowsing. Really? I was like, I could not believe it. He's, you know, I found it. So he's... Is off he, camera, he goes, you know, he, I found it. And I said, no. He said, did he regularly practice oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. In his, in his construction wow. business, he used it to find water. He really wow. believed in it. He had a, I also asked him about a supernatural experience on Oak Island. He had one. Which was what? He heard a, a voice. He heard a voice. And he said to his wife, did you hear that? And, uh, you know, he, told, he openly Just talked about it with me. disembodied, no uh -huh, kind of uh -huh, intelligible. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, some great things, too. Other things about 10X, he told me, uh, you know, kind of off camera, which... I'll probably just keep to myself unless maybe I'll put them in the, the book someday. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But just just the times with him were so I honestly appreciated every second with him. You know, I do with the whole team, but especially him. A lot of wisdom in 95 big time, years. Big right? time. And uh, you know, I my regret is I never asked him about the war. I was going to. I was building up to that over the years, mm -hmm. uh, continuing this rapport I had with him. And um, we could always make each other laugh. He liked me. I honestly believe if I had asked about the war, he wouldn't have blanched. You know, I think he would have talked about it with me. I, I just wanted to make sure the time was right. Yeah. And, of course, now that, that opportunity is gone. Right. Um, I know we talked to some of the guys on the crew about it. Um, you know, and you know that generation, they just weren't ready to talk about or they, they weren't big on talking about their experiences. Right. Um, and at the funeral, we had this, there was a lovely funeral at this small little church right on the outskirts of the island. It was like a independent movie scene, you know, this cute little Canadian church and the service was awesome. The eulogy was given by a family friend who grew up with uh, his father befriended Dan. 
So he was the little boy mm. watching this relationship and grew up with Dan as this, you know, grandfather figure. And so he gave cool. a gorgeous eulogy about how much he did for the community. I didn't know Dan was a singer. Dan wow. sang. He loved to sing. I did not know that. Another regret. I would have absolutely asked him to sing on camera had I known he was a gosh darn singer. I'm Here, mad I didn't know that. Here's, again, a, a musician, an artist, mm -hmm. right? And he's mm -hmm. into divine, you know. Mm -hmm. Man. So, um, Matt, Matt, if you don't yeah, mind me interrupting. Please. I bet, I think you'll take this in the spirit in which it's intended. Yeah. I, bet, I bet you enjoy funerals. I do. Uh, or, or an element of them. I know what you them. mean. Yeah. You know what no, I mean, No, especially right? of my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> that got fucking dark. Quick. I revel. I, oh, I revel. Holy I, I scan I scanned the obituaries like, daily for anyone who may have slighted me in the least. Wow. And then I, I, and then I sit in the back and I just go, <laughs> you know, let's see, like Max Cady in uh, Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Yeah. <laughs> you got the, the cigar, <laughs> the smelliest wow. cigar you can find. Joe yes. was a wonderful executive for this television network. <laughs> <laughs> he passed on many paranormal shows. <laughs> <laughs> he died tragically. <laughs> No, I know uh, exactly what you mean, David. <laughs> You're, uh, and yes, I am moved by funerals. I do love them. Thank some, you. It's a, it's a celebration no, some, of life, really. Yes, amazing you, know? you honed in on that. All kidding aside, because like some of my best memories about people are things they said or did at funerals, like eulogies they gave. Like, it brings out uh, the best in people sometimes, right? Yeah, 100%. Mike, I have a cousin, Jay, who eulogized his father. And the last thing, I'll never forget it. He's like, he he, he was given, he gave this beautiful speech to his dad, and his dad's name was my, my Uncle Joe. And he goes, so... uh that was my father, and he goes, see you around, Joe, and walks off, and I'm like, oh, my God, but I was, everyone was crying, you know, and then I had another friend, Larry Cohn, an actor who passed way too early. He was like 50, mm. um, and the woman who gave his eulogy was business partners with him. You know what she did? They, they taught together. They taught children in the Boston area um, community theater and children's theater, and they ran mm. a children's theater, and at the end of the eulogy, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in a Catholic church, a huge 200 people, whatever. She goes, okay, um, now class, because they taught children. She goes, I want uh, everyone to raise their hand and say one thing that you loved about Larry. Say one. Th and so literally in the church, his laugh, his laugh, his way with children. And everyone just raised their hand and went in and said a thing they loved about Larry. That's awesome. And then at the end, she goes, I want you to all yell a message to Larry. Whatever you want to say to him, I'm going to count to three. Everyone participates, class. Mm. One, two, three. And 200 people in the church yelled all kinds of different things at once. And it was the most moving thing. So, David, yes, I, those are some of my favorite That's moments of my life. And they were at, quote, unquote, tragic moments. And this day funeral is going to go right in there. That's so, incredible. Someone was commenting on a, some podcast. I've now forgotten which one it was, but about uh, Bob Einstein's funeral. funeral. Oh. So uh, <laughs> Super Dave, Super Dave uh, Osborne, uh, of course, and, and wonderful comedian. Him, and so Albert Brooks is his brother, as yes. I'm sure you know, Maddie. Yes. So he got up there. And they have a third brother, Cliff, who was very successful in insurance or some such thing. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, so Albert Brooks gets up there. Of course, it's deathly silent, and he's got a, a somber look on his face. And he takes out the piece of paper, and he goes, but he looks around. He goes, Bob. And, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought we were here for Cliff. It's <laughs> 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 amazing. And the place burst into laughter. Yeah. And then it went from there. But it oh. was you know a little bit of everything. Sad, happy, funny. Yeah, it's mm. a celebration of a life. And Dave's yeah. was, was a perfect send-off. A guy sang uh, My Way by Frank Sinatra, which is perfect for him. Wow. I guess you'd be Dan. I said Dave, his son. Um, yeah, and Dan did it his way, man. Mm. The lyrics of that song fit him to a T. So 
beautiful to be part of it. I got to spend some time with Dave and his wife, Garnett, and and really express because I got hammered with fan things on social media. Oh, like sure. Like what's please going send on? My condolences. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Tell Dan. So I got to tell for any of you fans who messaged me, please send my condolences to Dave. You know, I actually showed him. I was like, look at all these. I dude, I got like 680 and, they, and the family got like a hundred thousand through the museum. Jeez. He felt it. They appreciated it. They are thankful. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he, he's, they're doing great. They're doing great. Everyone's doing great. Mm. And there it is. I'll oh, now you're gonna make me cry. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've, I've traveled, traveled east and, and every highway. <laughs> Look at that broad over there. <laughs> more, more. Oh, I'm sorry, I was channeling Frank. <laughs> You know, I remember this song as a young lad. My favorite player on the Red Sox was Collier Stremski. Oh, yes. al almost my namesake. Sure. And during the rain delay, I also I always used to root for rain delays because before ESPN, it was the only time you got to see those cool highlight packages of like retrospectives, and they had one about Yastrzemski, and it was to this song, and it was oh, wow. it was about how he was the veteran. He did it his wow. way, and including the sequence where he strikes out and proceeds to push a pile of dirt on top of the plate in protest and he gets ejected walks off and I can still hear this song playing as he walks off proudly and, isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah that is really cool uh, if Dan Blankenship was a baseball player he would have done that he would have <laughs> uh, yeah so it was a great send off and now the, uh, everyone's saying what's next what's next was like I don't know no one knows I talked to Rick Rick and I were sitting um, in the museum like on Saturday or whatever it was, and we we're just talking about it. And I said, "Boy, coming over that causeway and looking at that house, because the Dan's house is the first thing you see, basically mm. on the right." And I go, "It's so weird. It's not. No one's in the house." And he goes, "I know." And I go, "What?" Do we? He goes, "I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be. I, I don't know. You know, no one knows what's in." And and so, I'm sure there'll be moments coming up <clears throat> on the island where everyone's going to, you know, want to go to Dan or or what you would normally do with Dan and everyone's going to have to go, oh, right. crap. And it's that realization when you have that moment you go, oh, they're not here anymore. Yes, yes. And they always would go like, oh, Stings. you know what? We could ask Dan. Dan, what did, what did this mean? Dan, when you found this, what did you, did you have any, like, oh, that's gone. Yeah. All that knowledge yeah. is gone. And now it's also a question of what did he leave behind that we don't know. Right. So, so does this mean I have to have conversations with my parents now? Yes, David. <laughs> I, it honestly makes me think about that all the time. You know, yeah, my, my my dad's seventy six, my mom's seventy five. Yeah. I I will be passing the day and I'll say I have to talk to them more. There's yes. stuff there's still yeah. stuff that I don't Life's know. Too short, yeah. 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 I don't know if you guys knew this, but my mother passed. I've never talked about it on the podcast that way. She has. <laughs> all right, so that was the I guess that's what you call dark humor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Our guests are confused. <laughs> I'm Irish, it's what we do. I'm Irish. <laughs> we laugh at funerals and wakes. Um through the tears. So it was a great send-off to a great man who was always so gracious to me, always great with his time. I will definitely miss him. It will not be the same going on the island, all kidding aside. It just won't. Man. So, um, But it's a new chapter, and maybe his death will free up some information. Who knows? Maybe from the other side he can help us, guide us a little bit. You know, yeah. Fred Nolan passed, and one of his theories was that it was a British military operation, and like I think it was like days maybe not even days, like immediately after he passed, uh, they found evidence of a British military encampment right on the side of the mm. island. I always, that always struck he had, me. He had to have some uh -huh. part in that, right? Uh -huh. yep. So maybe the same will be true with Dan. But, um, 
Yeah. So that's 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 that was my Oak Island tale. And Ronnie, you're going to be on TV as we record this when? Uh, so it airs Wednesday, April 3rd at 9 p.m. Eastern uh, on Travel Channel in search of monsters from the producers of Ancient Aliens. And the show is in search of monsters. One of the guests on that show who you'll see, one of the experts along with my partner and lover, Ronnie LeBlanc, <laughs> is Ken Gerhard. And Ken Gerhard is a cryptozoologist. He's our guest tonight. He's a wildly recognized cryptozoologist, field investigator for the Center for Fortean Zoology. Um, he's been everywhere. History Channel, uh, Monster Quest. Um, he's been on Ancient Aliens, National Geographic Channel, Sci-Fi. He was on a show called Monsters and Mysteries in America on Animal Planet. He's been on A&E. Um, numerous broadcasts and radio programs like, of course, Coast to Coast, Associated Press. He currently lectures and exhibits various conferences and events across the United States. He was born, by the way, Ronnie, I don't even know if you know this, uh, Friday the 13th, October 1967, no exactly way. one week before the famous Patterson-Gimlet film. Oh, wow. The Bigfoot That's footage. That's kind of cool. He has traveled to 26 different countries on six continents, and he is a well-respected expert on all kinds of strange creatures, monsters, and things that we love to talk about. So without any further ado, here's Ronnie's co-star, the new Travel <laughs> Channel show, our guest Ken Gerhard. Ken Gerhard, welcome to Monsterland. Good evening, guys. It's great to be on here. Thanks for coming on, Ken. Oh, man, it's always a pleasure. Well, Ken, you've done so many shows. You've been all around the world. Before we dive into cryptozoology, I would love to hear about your kind of, probably something you don't talk a lot about on these shows, but just personally, you're a man of great adventure. I was reading a little bit about you. You've, you've camped out in some wild places. Where, where did that come from, that that urge? And, and talk about some of maybe the kind of, I don't know, more hairy situations you've been in, no pun intended. <laughs> right on. Well, um, <laughs> my father was a forestry professor, and I grew up in the, in the great woods of Minnesota, and uh, he was from Canada, so I'm you know, uh, grew up, enjoyed, loved camping, fishing, and all outdoor activities. Um, but, you know, what I think what really got me going is uh, when I was a kid, my mom, uh, who's a travel agent, took me on a vacation, uh, the full family to a vacation to the Amazon jungle. Whoa, and, uh, we wow, camped, that's awesome. Camped along the Amazon when I was nine years old, and I got to meet primitive tribes, the Havaro, the, the Yagua tribes, and swam with piranhas and, you know, watched all kinds of monstrous wow. insects and things. So I guess that kind of got me real excited about, you know, just being in the wilderness and experiencing that kind of stuff. So I've just, I've been very fortunate in the course of my life and I've been able to, uh, to explore some pretty amazing wilderness type habitats from Alaska to the, you know, jungles of Central and South America, uh, the interior of Australia, Africa, Asia, everywhere I can go to just kind of get a taste for the uh the environment you know and it's uh yeah it's just been a lot been a lifelong passion really yeah when i was nine it was exotic because my father took us to santa's village in new hampshire <laughs> and you were swimming with fucking piranhas <laughs> <laughs> who did that trip really? who who ran that trip your aunt holy shit uh ken who, who did that who facilitated that oh. My mother was a travel agent. This was back in the late 70s. I don't know if they still have travel, travel agents, but back in those days, amazing. Uh, I just she would get really good discounts and, and opportunities to, to, to travel. So uh, we were fortunate uh, 
as a family to, to go on some nice adventures together. That's an incredible uh, thing for a child. I just can't get over that. Like how, the Amazon. Wow. How, what, how did you, so you must've just anything with about, you know, mysterious creatures or anything like that. You just must've fell in love with that kind of stuff by seeing nature, being in these different cultures and different worlds it must be an amazing experience. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I was, I was already into Bigfoot at that age. I'd learned about Bigfoot when I was eight or nine, and mm-hmm. I was completely hooked at that point. And then, you know, the traveling, and, you know, that, that culminated at Loch Ness in Scotland when I was 15, and, you know, my wow. first attempt at, at research. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a, an amazing ride, and I really do a lot, owe a lot to my mother, who used to sit me on her lap and tell me fantastic stories about the Yeti and the Mothman and all these cool creatures so so you're a paranormal prodigy in a way seriously oh i i don't know that's that you're too kind just, uh, <laughs> uh, i think that needs to go on your bio ken <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been very lucky but uh, uh sure uh, I'll, I'll borrow that if it's okay <laughs> you got so, it buddy. so your mom was a believer into this stuff well, she was adventurous, and she had a great, great imagination. That's so, so cool. um, I don't know if I don't know if we ever talked about you know believability, but she certainly liked to talk about a lot of the great mysteries and, and mysterious creatures that lurk the the far reaches of our planet. Ken, you mentioned um, Loch Ness at a young age. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. something that we talked about with your buddy and, and co-author uh, Nick Redfern. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to know. Let's just dive right in. Let's start there. Uh, what do you think is in Loch Ness? Mm. Um, first of all, I, I do. I'm fairly convinced by the evidence that something has been either periodically or maybe full time in Loch Ness. There have been well over a thousand documented sightings since the 1930s. So I think there's a pretty strong body of evidence. Admittedly, a lot of the photographs have been faked. There's there's a lot of fakery going on with the photographic evidence. So right. that's kind of you kind of have to separate the wheat from the shaft there. I think the Dinsdale footage from 1960 the, is, is very compelling. Um, I've got two interesting theories that, that people don't often talk about. People most, mostly associate the Loch Ness Monster with these plesiosaurs, you know, these mm. great marine reptiles from the Cretaceous period. Um, but two theories that are very interesting, I think. One is that, um, and I've written about this in my most recent book, that Nessie might be some type of amphibian rather than a reptile. And as a point That's of reference, you know, I talk about like giant salamanders of Japan and mm. China, which are enormous, uh, you know, amphibians. And, you know, back in the Carboniferous period, there were huge amphibians that were 15 feet long. Now, the thing about amphibians is, firstly, they can tolerate colder water much better than reptiles, as evidenced by the giant salamanders of Japan and China that live in these cold water mountain streams. Um, but moreover, amphibians are capable of absorbing oxygen through their skin. It's called subcutaneous respiration. So unlike reptiles that have to come to the surface quite a bit to breathe, um, and, you know, I think that's one of the problems with the Loch Ness Monster. Is you, it seems like if these things were, if you had plesiosaurs in Loch Ness, they'd be coming to the surface a lot more often to gulp air. But, um, so that's kind of an interesting theory. If you had a giant amphibian, something that lived on the bottom, a benthic feeder, maybe uh, a detritivore eating on waste or whatever's in the sediments at the bottom of the of the lake, and then it would only come to the surface on occasion. And most of the sightings of the Loch Ness monster, interestingly enough, are when the water is very calm and kind of glassy and smooth. So mm-hmm. that's that's one interesting theory. Another one is that, um, and actually, this theory uh, was invented by a guy named Ted Holliday back in the '60s and '70s, but. 
Holiday did a lot of research at Loch Ness, and he had a theory that the Loch Ness monster might be a giant mollusk, basically like a big slug. And if you think about it in terms of a lot of the descriptions of the Loch Ness monster, people say it looks really creepy and wormy, and it's got kind of slimy skin. And um, again, there are giant, you know, you're talking about an invertebrate, so you're talking about something that could get quite large, case in point, the giant squid, you know, perfect example of a huge aquatic mollusk. Um, and again, it could be something that feeds off the bottom, you know, like uh, there's a lot of sort of vegetable uh, vegetation and waste and things at the bottom, detritus. So, you know, that, again, looking for explanations, biological explanations that would support an, a massive animal that's rarely ever seen and only comes to the surface on rare occasions. Do you give any credence to the non-biological uh, possibilities, like, you know, with with some of the strangeness that went on on the shores of, of Loch Ness, conjuring um, things, if you know what I mean? A lot, of case, a lot of cryptid cases are cases of composite identity, meaning that you might have an actual creature at the root of the legend, but then you have all types of other factors, uh, misidentifications, hoaxes, and maybe even if, you know, if you believe this type of thing, some type of spectral phenomenon, you know, things. That isn't really my, uh, you know, cup of tea per se. So <laughs> it's interesting we're talking about Nick, and I just mentioned tea because Nick does drink a lot of tea. <laughs> yes, he does, he does. <laughs> he also... He also has kind of an affinity, more of an affinity for kind of those weird spectral explanations when it comes to things like the Loch Ness and Bigfoot. But hey, anything is possible. Yeah, that's why I asked actually because Alistair Crowley came up when we were talking to Nick and some of the weird things he was conjuring up. And then it just struck me as funny that you've got a guy there who's opening, if you believe in this type of thing, as you say, uh, opening doors to things maybe you shouldn't have. And all of a sudden at that location, we see a strange creature that nobody can explain. That is interesting. And even before that, you know, you had a lot of old, you know, the old uh, pagan beliefs and some of those old people from that, uh, from that region talking about water kelpies and water spirits and all kinds of conjurings mm-hmm. going on. So. Interesting. The Picts. That's, that was the name. The Picts are the people that, that were from that region. Right. Mm-hmm. Ken, uh, the Center for Fortean Zoology, explain to our listeners about Charles Fort. And, and where you kind of fit into that type of research. Well, Charles Ford is kind of an icon for anybody that investigates unexplained phenomenon. He was uh, uh, a chronicler of all kinds of unusual events going back to the early 1900s. I believe he was a journalist. And uh, he, he would, uh, you know, he had several good books out, The Damned and... Uh, Lo and Behold. Some of those yeah. He, yeah, Lo and Behold. He would, and he would basically, he, he didn't differentiate. What's cool about Charles Ford is he just... To him, if it was weird and it didn't fit within the paradigm of the, the explainable world, he would include it in his book. So he would often have stories of weird creatures and, um, you know, frogs falling from the sky, rings Lest- of frogs. Leicester, Massachusetts, and, the frogs falling from oh, the sorry? sky. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Leicester, Massachusetts was the frogs falling from the sky, which yep. is yep. unbelievable. A lot of those kind of old yeah. stories that were, you know, things that got documented like that and inexplicable phenomenon. So I think we, we still, in, in many ways, we pay homage to, to Charles Ford as a pioneer into investigating and, and looking into all types of high strangeness around the world. Uh, the Center for Fortean Zoology is an organization in England. It's one of the largest cryptozoological organizations in the world, and um, they do mount expeditions all over the world to search for everything from the Tasmanian tiger to the Orang Pendex, the Mongolian death worm, 
Uh, they've been very active in sponsoring different expeditions around the world. And um, some of the uh, you know people that run the Center for Fortean Zoology, like John Downs, also have written about some really weird creatures like the Owl Man in England and uh, <clears throat> some of those really just strange stories. So sometimes there is a little bit of gray area in terms of you know flesh and blood cryptids versus some of these other weird creatures. Mm. I think I saw them at uh, Lollapalooza, Mongo- <laughs> Mongolian Deathworm. Back in 94. They were really good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Ken, uh, let's get to Bigfoot. Um, you mentioned, I, th- I thought I heard you say when you were talking about your childhood, you had a, or at least maybe you said you became aware of Bigfoot at a young age. When was your yeah. first kind of real experience with Bigfoot? Oh, I guess I should have answered this in the first question when you asked me about some of my <laughs> hairy experiences in the woods. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I, I may have heard, I've never had a sighting of a, a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch in 40 years of investigation. I'm f- fairly confident that I've heard them on multiple occasions, and particularly one occasion comes to mind. In 2005, I was in North Texas uh, with some other researchers at an area called Little Cottonwood Lake, where there had apparently been a lot of sightings of a Bigfoot-type creature recently, and it was a pretty remote location. Uh, just after the sun went down, we heard and I recorded these deep, guttural grunting noises coming from the brush. It sounded like an ape, very loud and aggressive and very scary. And um, we couldn't see what was making the noises because the brush was so thick. Um, but um, there were a few of us there, and we, you know, we basically uh, we tried to flush it out to our credit. You know, it was, I was pretty scared because I, I didn't have a gun at the time, just a camera, but I figured I, I, I would go down you know, in history is the guy that got the footage, even if I was pummeled to death. But, <laughs> I um, love it. But we weren't able to flush this thing out. We, we went up to a higher vantage point, which was a bluff overlooking the lake, and shined a spotlight down, and we saw some eyes reflecting back at us, very high off the ground. Then uh, we set up camp, and through the course of the night, something was moaning, these really deep, weird moaning sounds. And then the following morning, we finally made our way through the brush where we'd heard this thing, and we didn't see the creature, but we did find some deep footprints and also wow. a, a bunch of mutilated uh, turtle shells that had been basically ripped in half, like from top to bottom and um, thrown into a little piles. And there was no flesh or anything. So something had basically eaten a bunch of these big turtles. Like, like, like broken you know, like a clamshell. Like, yeah, wow. yeah, exactly. It was like pistachio nuts or something. Holy that crap. So, so kind of the, all of that stuff together was the most convincing thing that I've experienced because I couldn't explain the noises, which I still have, the, the vocalizations, and, of course, the, the eye shine and the, the, the mutilated shells. And, you know, so it was, that's, that was the, the, the one incident that really stands out in my mind where I feel like I was within 40 years of some type of unknown creature. The, the one guy that I could say for me uh, that got me into all of this was, was Lauren Coleman and mm. seeing Mysterious America, the cover of that book, and, yep. and being so freaking excited to grab that out of the library. What, what was it for you? What was your first book that you really got into that you said, oh, my God, I'm in. I'm all in. Um, well, there were several books growing up that I that I remember reading at the library, but one that really sticks out in my mind and I still have is called, uh, it's one of the Bibles of Bigfoot, uh, if, if you will. It's called Abominable Snowman Legend Come to Life by Ivan Terrence Sanderson. Oh, my Anderson. God, yeah, awesome. Written in 1961, and um, I 
uh, fortuitously discovered that in my high school library when I was a freshman, and I checked that book out so many times <laughs> through the course of my tenure at high school that when I finally graduated, the, the librarian gave that book to me as a oh, gift. Oh, that's so happened. cool. That's amazing. So, I mean, I was like the only one when you opened up the library card. It was just me, 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 me. So, but, I mean, that, that, that was a, a very influential book for a lot of Bigfoot researchers, including Lauren Coleman and uh, Roger Patterson, the guy that caught the famous footage. And, you know, it kind of started the whole, you know, movement, or, or I guess it raised public awareness back in the early 1960s about right. these, you know, Bigfoot Yeti and some of these other relic hominoids reported around the world. Ken, that's an accidental segue, a great accidental segue to our next question, and that is, you know, this image of you um, in a library as a young kid, alone, as it were, or one of the very few anyway, I'm sure, who was interested in that topic. And now, years later, you know, you're on all these TV shows, paranormal all around us, almost like you can't get enough of it on television and in pop culture. Um, what's the state of a state of the union in terms of paranormal? I, mean, I imagine you've seen this grow so much in the time you've been doing it where it's more widely accepted now. Have you noticed that? Well, I have. Things are cyclical. So if you remember, like, back in the, in the 70s, mid-70s, when, when I was getting into this stuff, there was a show called In Search Of that was oh, very yeah. influential. And then you had, and then you had uh, Arthur C. Clarke in the early 80s and Unsolved Mysteries and Sightings and some of these shows and then Monster Quest, which I was uh, honored to be a part of. But, it, you know, if, over the past couple of years, uh, some of the paranormal cryptozoology kind of weird programming had kind of disappeared from television. And um, uh, whereas in the past I had had a lot of opportunities to appear on shows, some of the uh, TV network producers and people that I were talking to were telling me that it was just kind of a lull right now, that the, the networks were really into like serial killers and psychological yeah. thrillers. But um, over the past, you know, in recent months, particularly the Travel Channel, which I, I guess is now owned by Discovery, uh, has had a lot of success with, well, they've traditionally had a lot of success with Ghost Adventures. And then, you know, then now Josh Gates has been blowing up with Expedition Unknown and some of his other shows. So they've kind of, Travel Channel at least, is kind of all in right now in terms of paranormal programming. If you flip it on right now, I think Dead Files is on and... Yeah. You know, they're always running mysteries at the museum and all, you know, they, so they've got a whole lineup now of, of basically that type of programming. Um, I guess Destination America kind of held that mantle a couple of years ago, but it, it's a good thing. So, uh, you know, excited to see some of these new shows that are going to be coming on and, you know, hopefully uh, public interest will continue to, to grow. Yeah, so you see that as a, as a good thing, uh, just like the raising awareness in general is a, is a, is a good thing, yeah. Well, it's a yin-yang thing, and the reason I say that is, you know, television is, uh, bottom line is that television is a big business, and the networks that, that run these programs are paying millions of dollars, uh, you know, for the programming. And the, the bottom line for them is they want people to watch the shows. So, you know, as, as a researcher and investigator, my greatest hope is that the best information will get out there. Mm. And that's why I generally jump at an opportunity to be on a show because I feel like I'm going to do my best to provide the best information about a subject as objectively as possible. And, um, you know, at that point, you know, you have to put your trust in the producers of the show that they are going to respect <laughs> you know, your, right. your intention and integrity and not cut and edit your 
words that uh, you're saying things, silly things, which they, they have the, the full ability to do that. <laughs> yeah, um, no doubt. So, you know, I, 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 but I feel it's an important to have, I, I think it is important to have these types of shows so that people, you know, so it raises public awareness, it opens people's minds, it creates a climate where people who have had inexplicable experiences or sightings might feel empowered to come out of the closet, so to speak, and talk about their sightings or experiences. Um, on the other hand, you know, ultimately some of the shows do, I think, tend to get a little bit, you know, sensational at times. I think all of them do in terms of, you know, in, in an attempt to keep people watching or, or to, you know, basically to, to, to engage certain people that might not find just the information important but want a kind of a, an adventure as well. Well said, Ken. Uh, we know you got a hard out, so we'll let you go. My last question is, is the simplest but probably hardest one in a way. Um, and that's I've asked everyone that's been on this podcast and when we do talk about Bigfoot, and that is, what is Bigfoot? Bigfoot is a, I think, uh, after 40 years of investigation, my opinion is that Bigfoot is a relic hominid that is some type of uh, something that evolved along the human or homo line of evolution. It is a gigantic form, a robust form, very large, standing about seven or eight feet tall, weighing several hundred pounds. Um, I think it is highly intelligent. I don't think it's as intelligent as a human, but I think it's more intelligent than apes or other animals, which is one of the reasons it's been able to avoid us. And I think the reason we haven't found one is that they've actually to avoid competition with humans that they've adapted and evolved different behavior patterns specifically to avoid us. Living in the most remote areas we don't go, they're primarily nomadic, they're nocturnal, they're very aware of our, you know, uh, whenever we enter their territory, so to speak. Um, And, you know, there are other theories about them hiding or burying their dead or just, you know, being aware of us. So, you know, I think as remarkable as it seems to people that these things could exist and actually be out there, I think if you factor all of that in, um, I think you can build a pretty strong case that these things are out there. And, I, you know, it's my my hope and the hope of many others that at some point we will have definitive evidence. Ken, you're going to be in a new show that actually premieres on Travel Channel next week, Wednesday, April 3rd at 9 p.m. called In Search of Monsters. Who else is going to be on that show, Ronnie? I don't know. I, oh, my God. I actually feel like it could be, I can be Maddie Blake right now and say <laughs> that. Self-promote? And shamelessly oh self-promote? I'm going to be on TV next week if you guys aren't doing anything. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know how much they included. Who knows? But... Uh, yeah, uh, that's good for you, man. I mean, the cat's out of the bag now. Now that they're advertising the show, I know right. a lot of excellent... I know a lot of my colleagues uh, are on the sh- are on different episodes. Um, I've caught wind of that, and I know they've drawn from you and a lot of other uh, great minds out there to, to you know to get a lot of feedback. But um, you know, again, you don't you just don't know how much they'll use. But right. hey, fingers crossed, we'll both make it on that episode at least for a couple of sound bites. That's right, brother. <laughs> well, we'll be watching, Ken. Can't wait to see you. Congratulations on all your success. Continued yes. success. And thanks for uh, taking a little time with us in Monsterland. Uh, Ken, where, where can we find you? Uh, anything you want to plug? Go ahead. Um, well, I have a website, KenGerhard.com, K-E-N-G-E-R-H-A-R-D, or people can also find me on Facebook and my uh, fan page, Ken, Gar- Ken Gerhard Cryptozoologist. Love it. Thanks, awesome. Ken. Awesome. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, guys. Have All a good right, night. Brother, talk you soon. too. Bye-bye. Uh, another f- pickup. Goddamn. Oh, shit. We're recording. 
Want to go deeper into the mystery? Get the book Monsterland, Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs by Ronnie LeBlanc. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere fine books are sold. Now let's open another Monsterland case file. Thank you to our guest, Ken Gerhard. Uh, you can check him out with Ronnie on the Travel Channel. Um, coming up, the best of your monster mail also. A new round of Fact or Falcon that's going to get contentious. Yeah, Before that, new sponsor alert. This portion of Monsterland brought to you by Ronnie's Ectoplasm. Feeling lethargic? Men struggling with low drive? Well, your days of disappointing your lady friend are over. Mm -hmm. Ronnie's Ectoplasm, available in handy, stylish containers. Order now. We'll throw in his book, Monsterland. Why the hell not? Ronnie's Ectoplasm, never leave Monsterland without it. Good so, luck opening that book. So, Ronnie, we have a case file to open. Mm -hmm. uh, now, again... This is a local one. It's really local because really it's in your freaking house. In my is it? Now, let, let me say this. Ronnie's ectoplasm, by the by, is a story we, we haven't got to, but we will, involving something that happened in your house. The photos. Yes. Freaky. Okay. But now this is a different one, but a new one. It just happened yeah. when? When couple, did this happen? A couple days ago, literally two days ago. Uh, my daughter, Lena, who's had a lot of different experiences, and it, it seems to be even more so when it's like momentarily she might be in the house alone for like five minutes, something will fly off the the shelf or what have you. And she just gets these, she's talked about having sleep paralysis. Basically she has these bouts of feeling like sleep paralysis coming on. And every once in a while she gets these feelings of something's in the room. Well, she happened to get this feeling of something and it's all dark in a room in front of her. So she took out her phone and put the flash on and took a pic. And when she did, she caught something in the camera, which I'll show you. Let me see. And you can kind of zoom into it. Now, what was interesting is she caught this weird. What the hell? It looks like this orb. What uh, the and I'll hell post it on her Instagram. That? I just put it up right now. So when you hear this, it's already was up. Was there anything over there, like an alarm clock or something that could have been putting nothing. off that light? There's nothing no, there. Nothing. And, Dude, um, that's she, moving. And yes, so what she said is, it looks like some kind of weird hieroglyphic symbol. Yeah, it does. And um, but she feels like it was just when she took that flash, it kind of moved direction and went in the other way. This is exactly what daddy does. This is what you do. You feel compelled to take a photo for some yes. reason, and then you pick up some anomaly. Yes. The hell's going on with yes. the LeBlanc family? I, I, I train her well, I guess. But I mean, so what ended up happening is when she took the photo and she started to, if you have an iPhone, right, where you zoom in to the photo, mm -hmm. when she began to do this, to the left of her were these marble tiles. Okay. And um, one of them started to shake when she started to move <laughs> the camera to zoom in, the thing started shaking. And it's very, it literally like 10 pounds almost with these like individual tiles for it to move on its own. Dude, I got to say this too. Yeah. Look at this picture. Mm -hmm. What color is that? It's like orange red. It's like orange. Yeah. Oh my God. And my wife had an oh experience God. with a small orange orb in our bedroom, which is like the room over. I think it was like 10 years or so ago. Is that what she calls your penis? <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Oh, my God. Bye-bye. That's what she Mostly said. That's what she said. Uh. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You throw me a softball like that, LeBlanc. You know I got a swing. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so, Damn. hold on. So, all right, I've been in your house. How old is your house? It was built. It seems in, old. In 1940, so yeah. it was built after the the mm. hurricane in 1939. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I and I'm right down the street from. I'm literally right down the street from St. Louis Cemetery. Right. UFO sighting. Right. Um, Twins Cafe, which is now Miranda's Pub, is right there where the guy disappeared. The big. I mean, right. so I'm right in this weird kind of line, the ley lines. Like it's a weird spot. And, and my daughter, other daughters, caught. Stuff in the backyard, pictures of the small orange orb with these weird, like, elf-looking figures. And I'm almost wondering, is our house on some kind of weird spot? Because well, it's either that or I'm it's filming you UFOs guys. in the back. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. you guys have the shine. You know what I mean? Like, and they've, they've inherited it from you because you've definitely got it. Yeah. You, you manifest this stuff pretty much. It's, like, every time I've been with you, <clears> hold on. <throat> that is a fact. Every time I've been with you and we have asked for something, we've seen something that is unexplainable. Correct. Right? Yeah, that's a true statement. I mean, you, you, you've got it, and it sounds like your family, uh, members of your family have it too. Unwittingly, you know. Now, does she, she didn't feel anything bad about this. Like, it oh, no. seemed to be fear. Like She is scared. Terrified. Shit. And she also had an experience in, in um, where she was kind of that same thing again she went downstairs she would crawl in the bed with us and then she woke up and she felt like she sensed something on the other side of the room and she saw this like hairy kind of figure the silhouette uh. she closed her eyes and then when she opened again the thing was coming towards her and it reached out her its hand she said it it was like a black mass but it was hairy okay and it reached out its hand and the finger was a long finger and it touched her Mind's eye, her forehead. And what she said was this. She told me this is that she felt like it was erasing her mind because it was like she saw it and it was supposed to be seen. And she was, it was almost like erasing her memory of it. Can I see that picture again? I mean, how yeah. many times have we mentioned that you've seen orange orb? That's an orange orb. I mean, in the, the shape, it, it's moving. It has, it had, she obviously captured it moving. Yeah. She, but so take away the movement of that, right? Right. It's like going. It's an orange orb that moved. Yes. Yeah. Right? If you yeah. take away that tail, it's it would have been an orange orb. Right. Holy crap. Agreed. Now, orange orbs, though, aren't, aren't bad. Those could be, that could be a benevolent spirit. You know what right. I mean? Like, and, and, you know, when I had these ex similar kind of experiences, I used to have, when I was young, and I'm talking like six, seven years old, right. I would get this image of an orb, which I didn't know was an orb, mm. to the right of my eye. And like it would like show up in the peripheral vision and mm. like be glowing and I, like a ball of fire is how I remembered it and described it as a child. And when I would look over to it, it would take off and disappear. And you know, even my younger son Noah was telling me he was seeing some kind of gray figure in the house running around. Oh, so boy. I'm like, all right, <laughs> what the hell's going on? All right. Well, I hope I hope you can convince her or you know coach her up that. It's not something she needs to be fearful of at this it, point. I did, right. yeah. Okay, I yeah. told her, I said, you know, there's a couple things that are going on here. <laughs> One is either, you know, your fear is giving it energy to manifest by being afraid, but also this could be her and having some gifts of kind of... Absolutely. Because certain things have been, you know... Right. I don't know. It's, it's scary to her because it's unknown, but that, like we said, that could be an absolute... That could be a 
anything you know that could be a a guardian angel for all we know right you know what i mean yeah um and so, we and we both when i had seen that capture the white orb the day after i met like the energy healer mm-hmm. we both saw a light being and like an and i feel it was like an angelic being yeah. appear in the doorway and oh we both god. saw it at the same time oh my god and i said what was that she goes she described what she saw, which was a white, pure white being appear in the doorway, head, um, shoulders, and it was just like this, took your breath wow. away moment, which was awesome, and I was excited about, and I felt divine. I didn't feel like a negative. Like a negative, right? No, no, no. Until it, until her, it, until it spoke and said, "Both networks are going. To, <laughs> both networks are going to pass on your show." You're only gonna <laughs> no, but it was it was one of those things. Like for her, I can understand her being terrified and of afraid. Course. Oh my god! If one showed up, I would freak out. And I'm not a child either. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just it literally like I you do a double take. You're like, what the hell? It was just a matter of like literally three seconds. It appeared and it was like and it fizzled away. I'm like, oh my god! Wow. And she saw it at the same time, and it was really it's really awesome, freaking man. awesome. That's awesome. It was awesome. That's an awesome experience. It was for you and your daughter to share. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say this too as an aside, personal note. Mm-hmm. I met your family for the first time all together recently. Yeah, this past week. And yeah. um, what beautiful kids you have, oh, dude. Thanks, you should man. be really proud. I am proud. You're doing I'm something blessed. right. Because they're all adorable. They're all super sweet, super polite. Thank you. They're beautiful. This is me trying to make up for his small orange orb penis joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what the hell was dude, going on. Dude, you said my... Like, Matt is being really nice. Normally he's swearing Hold at on. me. Can we just say... My partner said to me, my wife had an encounter in the bedroom with a small orange thing. <laughs> you don't expect me to swing on that, then you don't know me. <laughs> uh, Got to go with Maddie on this one. The ball was uh, on the tee. Uh, oh, was that a pun? <laughs> was that a pun too? All right, let's, uh, let's do a little fact or falcon, shall we? Let's play another round of fact or falcon. If this is your first time in Monsterland, you might not know what the hell that means. So this is our game. Uh, we had a guest who dispelled what we thought was a really cool UFO video, and his theory was that it was a falcon disappointing Ronnie or I, Ronnie and I. So now we use it as our term to mean it's fake. So basically, this game is fact or fiction, if you will, or fake or real. Right. Falcon being fake, fact being real. So what we normally do is present pieces of evidence that people send us and we look at it or listen to it or whatever it may be and we decide whether it's fact or falcon. But this is a little different. This is a little pop culture. This is a little produ- this is a little producer Davish. Um sweet. I saw a list. New York Times did the 20 best TV dramas since The Sopranos. So what that got me a thinking was and I'll tell you what their votes were. How about the best supernatural or paranormal dramas or shows? Cool. Scripted, scripted not Okay. Not uh, reality. Because okay. God knows we're not going to talk about reality TV in the paranormal space <laughs> for quite some time. No. Except when it's your show. Okay. Okay. So, uh, New York Times, Petty, uh, 20 best TV dramas. TJ Hooker. Uh, they have. The Muppet Show. I'll just give you a couple mm. and then we'll get to the paranormal ones. Um, the Wire. Factor Falcon. Does that belong on the top 20 of all time? Oh, yeah. Fact. H- fact. HBO's The, the Wire. Wire yeah. Yes. The f- all right, fact. I Some would say, say top three. What would you say, Maddie? No, no way. That's Falcon. Really? That's absolute Falcon. Um, I, I think it's Falcon the, shit. <laughs> well, because the way it ended, I thought the last season was really weak of The Wire, so I can't give it. But um, Most, cer- yeah. certainly great, but not in my top three. Rare is the series that 
finishes on a high note, but even the great ones. Uh, here's one that's absolute fact for me. The Shield, 2002 to 2008, is on the list. Oh, yeah. Love that show. Vic Mackey. That's kind of, yes. Yeah, uh, sure. Mike, Michael, the local FX. boy, Mike, Michael Chiklis. That's right. But, yeah, sure. FX, right? Had a yes. character, had a son with autism, just like yes, me. Yes, that's right. There you go. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> cool little side note, CCH Pounder, who played his boss, sure. the African-American woman, went to the audition, and it was a mistake. The hmm. captain was, the call-out for the captain was a man, an African-American, you know, rotund man. You're out of control, Mackie! They figured she, CCH Pounder was a man because of her weird Well, name. it was just, just no. a mistake. It was supposed to be all men. Yeah, I think that, honestly, I Might think that's been. what it was, the name. Female authors will use their initials, you know, instead, mm. so they hope that they It's why it's apparently Jamie Foxx went by Jamie Foxx because he he uh, took advantage of uh, desire for diversity, ah. like on a on a on a uh, run list for comedians on a given night. Anyway, interesting. Hmm. Well, she showed up CCH and convinced Pounder, yeah. her, convinced the casting agent. Let me read for this. Let me read for this. And they did, and she got it. And that was before the became a female. The law, the law was passed in 1994, requiring CCH Pounder to appear in every police drama. That's correct. As going That's forward, correct. yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, Battlestar Galactica on their list. Which one? 2004 to 2009. No, the, like the. I say this uh, is total um, Falcon. Nerd alert. Oh. Best shows yeah. of all time. Give me a break, please. Total Falcon. Poppycock. That's a screaming, white-tailed uh, hawk of a Falcon. I just said, give me a break. I'd rather watch Give Me a Break than <laughs> seriously than Battlestar Galactica. Uh, this one we know Maddie's going to say. Keep it to yourself, fact, Dwight Schrute. Big time fact: Deadwood. This would go in my top three. Oh yeah, this show Great. is. Maddie fucking Blake loves some fucking so Deadwood. Good. I'll tell you. Now this is going to be controversial, and this actually, this one I picked on their top 20 list because it actually fits into both categories, the paranormal and the normal. Ooh. TVs. I know it. Go ahead. X-Files? Nope. Damn it. Lost? Lost. 2004 to 2010. Now, does that belong on the top 20 shows of all time since The Sopranos? Top 20 dramas of all time, according to the New York Times, Uh, Lost. uh, Fact uh, or Falcon? uh, Fact. I would say fact. If you put, this is going to sound obtuse, but if you put Wade Boggs in the Hall of Fame, then you put Lost in I'm the right top. I'm right with you. I'm because, somehow right with because, you. Because Wade Boggs is, I have a thing about him. I think he's overrated right. and maybe the worst Hall of Famer. But he did have seven otherworldly seasons followed by 13 uh, mm. mediocre ones. Lost, eh, it's a little bit of a twisted comparison, but first three seasons, otherworldly, in my opinion. Uh, no pun intended, but yes, just absolutely the, the, captivating. The water the mystery. cooler effect. Yeah, right? yeah, it was groundbreaking. It, it was groundbreaking. To me, it it hit a peak where they went to a commercial break, and it was a phony commercial for like the Dharma Initiative or yes, whatever the company yes. was. And I was like, Brilliant. whoa! Like, Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, when yeah. they spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, right? But like way into the like the season finale before the final season, when they reveal that it was a flash forward, that was cool too. Mm. We have to go back, Kate. Yep. I was like. Oh, oh <laughs> the whole season. Yeah, that was pretty cool, right? That was cool. Is... And then everything after that was yeah, middling. Them trying to cover their asses, yeah. but because of that moment alone, I'll say fact. I think that that was like one of those TV moments. I'm with you, Maddie Blake. I love Lost. Mad Men, loved it. Fact, loved right? It. Big time. Great, great drama. Um, this is a. I shouldn't even say this one. Breaking Bad. Unanimous fact, right? Everyone Mount Rushmore. Fucking Even our female awesome. guests, our two guests, our t- ladies, you want to chime in? Yeah. Facts? Yeah? Do you you don't have to talk in the mic if you don't want to. Can I give you a quick chuckle going back to Mad Men? Yes. So I, I mentioned on a podcast I recorded this week, I had uh, Wesley Burhos, so little cross plug here. He does a podcast, not affiliated with us, but it's called The Boxers Movie Review Show. 
awesome, awesome pod. They've been doing it for years. Um, I asked him about greatest TV of all time. Mad Men came up. He said, eh. And I said, what's the problem? And he said, no boobs. <laughs> what? <laughs> God. No boobs. Wait a second. Well, he was, Christina Hendricks was on that show. Now? But that's his point. He never got to see him. Oh, that's for <laughs> God's sakes. What the? Well, you forget there were no F-bombs. It was kind of weird. There were no F-bombs in, um, True. in uh, Mad Men. It was right. basic cable. Right, that's right. Although I guess Breaking Bad as well. I, I don't rethink want, this whole I thing. Don't, I don't, was FX too. Yeah. Save save yeah. this drop for later, but I don't want to see Christina Hendricks boobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? What? Because it's the allure. It'll be a letdown. It's yes. There's no. It's like it's the whole. So to speak. It's the, <laughs> I was just gonna say no pun intended. <laughs> it's the whole. The, it's the '60s dresses. It's the. It's the. It's the. It's what you don't see that's alluring. Yeah. Direct. That's something dir- that. Oh, is this a Maddie? No, don't. It's not a Maddie. It's a rant. It's not a, no, it's, it's not. A, no, it's I not. I got my finger rant. on the trigger. I can it's smell not. it. It's a rant. I think the, by the rules of the podcast, if there's a majority vote. Maddie just polished off another Mountain Dew, which means, yes, time for another Maddie rant. Uh, Something that's going on with the uh, uh, today really, is the lack of discretion when it comes to sexuality. Like, we're losing the allure of what you don't see. Everything's in your face so much now. Girls literally and guys wearing basically nothing, mm. shaking their uh, selves in the camera. And my God, mm. do I sound like an old man right now? Hello, Instagram. But Instagram. So bad. Right? Kardashian Instagram. It's just like, here it is. Nothing left to the imagination. And it's the allure of what you mm. don't see. Right. It's Christina Hendricks buttoned up to the top so almost. So are you that, saying- That is uh, sexy to me. Are you mm. saying bring back the burqa? <laughs> yes. I want all women- <laughs> Holy shit! Some paranormal just happened because that mic just fell off. Man, he's been playing with that microphone the whole I, time. Here, hold on. I'll I you. honestly, I think it was a sniper. God just no, it's God because so I was about quick. to make a joke that Holy would have ended the whole podcast. Seriously, that <laughs> what just happened? Okay, that was like the the arm of God that just slapped that thing off. If you could see what's going on right now in the studio, um. I I don't even. Ronnie I can't. Is Al Haig. He's in charge. Of yeah. That's the problem. Currently, right? Now, yeah. Upside down. Upside down. Oh shit. Oh my god. This this should be a podcast in itself. Holy fuck. Thank you, wow. Darryl. So as I was saying, here's the thing about funerals. <laughs> oh god. Was this plugged in anything? No, that's no. irrelevant. What? what is that? That's irrelevant. Was this plugged? Right. My catheter. <laughs> All right. So, uh, oh my God. Right, my insulin pump. All right. <laughs> Quick. So uh, everyone stops stripping all the time. End of rant. Um, good one, man. The good wife. The good wife. Never seen it. No. Wait, wait, Falcon. That's that, a total. Wait, is that, is that, if that's CBS, my parents watched it. Tout. Tout the fuck. CBS, no. yes. Eddie, See ya. Pardon me. Point of order. This is this is top twenty over how many years or over or top for? twenty since The Sopranos. Okay, which ended what the title of the list. Okay, I can or? see why it's a nomination, but uh, it's out. Of there. No. It's out of there. Falcon. Now here is the final one I'll do of, of the New York Times list. And Ronnie, uh, you know what, how I feel about this show. The Americans. Oh. Oh yeah, Carrie Russell was just on fact, uh, fact, Colbert fact, yesterday. Fact. It's great to see her again. I miss that show. I think this show, friend of show, is in that show. Might be one of the great shows ever made. I really believe that. I think. I think in time, it's going to be recognized for the. I uh, agree. It'll have genius. It'll have it was. A, it was. It was great first viewing, but it'll have like a slow burn thing because there's, really there's so does. many layers. You know, it right? really does. And and there's episodes where not much happens, as it were. 
quote unquote, not much happens, so you think. But if you watch it again, you're like, oh my God, it's the restraint. It's so grounded in reality. Mm. And um, it, it brings me back to the, the time of growing up, too, like the day after. Yes, we're all scared of the Russians. Worried about the yes. Cold yeah. War. Yeah. Yes. And you know what my favorite movie was growing up? What? Fucking Red Dawn. I watched that thing I, now, I didn't times. see fucking Red Dawn. I saw Red Dawn. <laughs> it's the sequel. It's the Cinemax it's version. It's good. <laughs> Real good. Fucking Red Dawn. Was that on what? Skinamax? Yes, it is. No. Uh, so fucking Red Dawn. <laughs> what? Now, wait, why did Christopher wait, Walken Christopher Walken was in there? Why is Welcome Christopher... to the studio. Christopher Walken. Wait, Christopher Walken, tell us about your role in fucking no, Red Dawn. No, we should have a Christopher Walken do a rant. Ooh. That would be yes. that would be good. Yes. No, but I, I just I had it on a VHS tape. Yeah. And I swear to you, I must have watched that thing a hundred times. Red Dawn. I'd pop that in after school and I just remembered that it was just there there's a, a fear of that happening. Side Freak. list to the side list to the side list. Top opening scenes in movie history. Red oh. Dawn has to be top five of all time. Unbelievable. That opening scene with the Russians landing in the school. Now the rest of the movie falls apart. No give me, uh, no, no, no. Give me Raiders of the Lost Ark and I'm done. Agreed. Agreed. That's right up there with right. it. Uh, great call, Maddie. Opening right? scene, Red Dawn. Opening yeah. wow. scenes in movie history. Okay. Um, now let's go rank or did paranormal mm. top of all time. I, 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 all right. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to skew the uh, audience. You're not going to knock the I'll, microphone I'll, I'll over go there top. I'll, I'll go there top five, okay? Number five, and you guys can ch chime in at home, Factor Falcon. And by the way, we'd love to hear from you. What have we missed? What, what did Ranker miss? Is this uh, still the time period since The Sopranos? No, I'm sorry. Oh, I've I'm moved sorry. on now to the... Right. I was using that to set up the paranormal list. With you. Um, Ranker did the top paranormal shows of all time. Of all time? Yes. Okay. Ooh, I got a couple in my head. I'm running them Please bring them. Okay. And I think... Uh, wait. This is... This, I, I, I'm so... All right. Number Please. five. This list is fucking... It was done by it was done by like nine millennials in Brooklyn who they uh, got, they got to. I'm smelling a rant. Yeah, I'm no. smelling a rant. Petulant child. It's time for another Maddie rant. <laughs> this list was done by nine hipsters in Brooklyn, and they had a poster, a whiteboard in the little hipster apartment, <laughs> and they all work for Ranker, and they got together. And like the title list was top paranormal shows of all time. AKA, how can we piss Maddie Blake off? <laughs> uh, yeah. While they drank their IPAs. Number five. So, like, not, can we presume from that nothing like uh, pre 1980? Pretty shrewd of you. Uh, damn it. Let's see, let's see if they, did they, hold on, did they, did they, were you no, thinking they Twilight oh, I was Zone? Dave? I was going to say if Twilight they, Zone. I was going to say Outer right? Limits. Rod Serling's yeah. Twilight Zone. Oh, please. Why would you do Ronnie, that? Ronnie, did you see me write it on my whiteboard? No, I why just would I you, have a psychic sense no, of it. I can barely read it myself. Never why know. would you do that when you could start your list of number five, True Blood? What? That's a stretch. Mm, I, isn't that, is there a fine line between horror and paranormal? Isn't that more horror? Would, True Blood yeah. is an American television drama series produced by Alan Ball. It's a vampire mystery based on, so vampires. Alan Ball from American Beauty fame. I saw a little bit of this show uh, and hated every second of it. <laughs> Number four, but now you're, you think you're mad then, monsters. Mm. Oh, so I'm going to say a unanimous falcon on that. Falcon all day. A falcon. Now, now the falcon uh, is flying, and he just <laughs> ate something, and he's about to release uh, an airborne... Uh, <laughs> Splat of falcon dew all over us because number four on Ranker's list is Teen Wolf, not the what? beloved, not the beloved Who? show with the Michael TV J. Fox. Oh, oh, oh. 
but the American Ugh. television series for MTV. Shut up. I'm insulted. Give me a break. Yeah. Now, number three. They I would rather watch Give Me a Break. Sabrina the <laughs> Teenage Witch that. is number three. Number three, they make a little bit of a comeback. Rank The, the, ki- the hipsters at Ranker uh, put down their yarn koozies with their <laughs> uh, goat milk IPA. Goat right. milk. And their, you know, locally sourced uh, bean S- curd. Soy milk. Yes. <laughs> Soy milk latte. They're fair trade coffee beans. <laughs> fair trade. <laughs> And NAFTA made a little bit of a comeback. Number three is the X Files. Yeah, we'll say that's a fact. Seat at the table all day long. Of course, that belongs there, no doubt. What? Can I ask a question? Yes, sir. You guys are probably bigger fans than I was. Vince Gilligan uh, just directed certain episodes, or was he one of the uh, main dudes? Vince Gilligan was one of the main directors. Yeah, whose show? Whose show was it? Chris Carter. Chris Carter. Carter. Yes. 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 It's exactly right. I think I don't even. Yeah. I don't. I have an interesting connection to Chris Carter too, because my uh, one of my mentors when I was living out in L.A. was Greg Escalani. He was Mm -hmm. a big art guy in the underground kind of world. By mentor, you mean coke dealer? Yes. Yes, (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So this is an eight ball. No, but his his best bud was Chris Carter. They they used to surf together. Oh no! Kidding. And um, I was just I fell in love with that show. That was just a, show. an awesome. Yeah. Can I do my Gillian Anderson imitation? Please, Mulder! <laughs> wow! Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> almost, almost as good as um, <laughs> Freddie Durante. <laughs> All right, Jimmy Durante. No, remember. Freddie. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Freddie. Sorry. Yeah, I forgot the twist on. You it. know, it's funny. Very I was. I, I. This great, Hot great impression I do. Of Freddie Durante, Freddie Krueger, and Jimmy Durante. <laughs> but I'm now working on a new impression. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah. What is um, this? This is uh, <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Mercury Krueger. Oh, oh yes. My God. Yes. I'm working on it. It's in. Do you want me? To Wait. Oh, it's not ready. You're workshopping it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm working. I, I'll, I'll try it. Uh, yeah, 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 please. I worked it out some comedy clubs the other night. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, bit. this is a uh, exclusive. <clears throat> Father, uh, daddy, <laughs> daddy, I wonder, I'm going to kill those kids, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> when I wrote Bohemian Rhapsody, daddy, I realized I wanted to wear a glove of blades and kill those children, daddy. <laughs> On behalf of the Boston Podcast Network, we apologize for you not being able to see Maddie Blake's imitation of Rami Malek's extended fake. <laughs> when, I, when I wrote Fat Bottom Girls, <laughs> I knew I was all doing something, Danny. I want to show up in your dreams. I got an idea. Give him an Oscar. <laughs> that should shut him when up. I, when I hear that, I no, think not, Oscar, right? Yeah. Uh, He's oh. got an Oscar on his mantle, that dude. What has happened to the show? <laughs> and poor, we, we really have gone. I, I don't even. <laughs> All right, and, and number one, number one, fact or falcon, greatest according to Ranker. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I, yeah. Can Ronnie and I guess, or, oh, or anyone yeah, please, in the studio everyone. audience? Our, we have this two is studio num- guests. It is uh, number two. Oh, I'm sorry, I never got a number two. I'm sorry. Thank you to our studio <laughs> wow, guests. Thank. Math, um, math is hard. <laughs> Number two is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. Of course it's Buffy the Vampire right. Slayer. I'm going to guess number one. I want to be angry at Buffy the Vampire Slayer because although I was never a fan, but however, I will say that I guess I know. it was culturally huge. 
As people, Josh, people loved this yeah, show. Yeah, Josh right? Whedon, right? Who who ended up doing all the Avenger movies. Right? I didn't. Want, it, it was campy, right? Like I was. Yeah, funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Has um, number one already been mentioned earlier in the podcast? No. I'm going to guess Ooh, it. Do you want me to backtrack and do a couple others that they like further down the list? There's more than five. To, sure. Oh, yeah. there's. Uh, they did. Oh my God! How many did they do? Thirty. They might have done top fifty. Paranormal. Fifty paranormal shows. Listen, I'm, yeah. I'm going to guess it right now because it's always like. They make these lists when it's like timely. Yeah, you go, Ron. Yeah. It's the the show Supernatural that like ran on the CW or All some right, shit so you think for 15 Supernatural seasons. That's number one. number one. Guaranteed. No All boy. right. Uh, any other guesses? Our two lovely studio guests? No? I, I have a... Producer com- Dave? Completely long shot mm-hmm. guess. I'll say, just because I like it, mm-hmm. American Horror Story. Because that has had some paranormal themes. I'm sure that's not it. I would have guessed Lost if you didn't, okay. if I didn't have the hint of. I will tell you this: American Horror Story made the list. Stars one of my great crushes, the lovely Connie Britton. Oh yeah, whose yeah. Boobs, I also do not want to see. Wow. Yep. <laughs> nice turn. Nice turn in the TV show Twenty Four, opposite Kiefer Sutherland, Connie Britton. You remember yes. that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, American American Horror Story. Everybody mm-hmm. is on this list, okay. as is Supernatural. But the question is. Who's closer to number one? Supernatural. And we'll tell you right after this. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hi, I'm Nick. I'm here to tell you about an affliction that affects millions of Americans every year. It's growing and there's no end in sight. I'm talking, of course, about podcast envy. Hi, I'm George. I suffered from podcast envy. Sure, I had a podcast, but it wasn't the biggest deal. It was just insignificant compared to other podcasts. I felt so inadequate. Hi, I'm Buck. I felt myself consistently looking at other podcasts. They seemed so massive. My friends and I were finally able to conquer podcast envy when I found the Boston Podcast Network. They gave us a new podcast, a mighty powerful one too. They even gave it a name. Shawshanked. We finally had a podcast, one we could hold up high and be proud of. We were now able to whip out our podcast and expose it publicly. Thousands of people received our podcast on the internet on pod617.com. Some enjoy our podcast in bits and spurts. Many prefer to swallow it whole. Either way, don't wait any longer. Please act now. End your own podcast envy. Go to pod617.com and take hold of your own podcast. Find our podcast Shawshank. See if you can handle it. Don't be ashamed of your little podcast. Get a big one at pod617.com. Welcome back to the drama <laughs> that is the Monsterland podcast. When you last left us, we were engaged in a furious debate based on a list given to us by Ranker, the greatest supernatural or paranormal dramas in TV history. We're doing a round of Factor Falcon. Monsters, I leave it up to you. Who do you think is correct? Well, I don't know why I'm talking like this. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like we're in a golf match. Some drama to what is really a completely inane segment. <laughs> David Yaz, our esteemed producer. At your service. Guest which show, David? Refresh our memories. It's been a good 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, throw some Red Bull on my scalp. Uh, yes. Uh, American Horror Story. R- David says American Horror Story. Ronnie, you picked the show... Supernatural. Which one is closer to number one? Mm. Hit it, David. What in the hell is this? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? Seriously. No. 
do run run do run run this is your new theme song what because wait you, what's his name do run 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 to do run run supernatural is the number one yeah. oh. Oh, sweet it's the only song i can think of with ron in it there's one song that has like it has my name in it. Well, somewhere. there's just like Ronnie <laughs> said. That's what I was thinking But of. then I would have yeah. had him have too obscure to that part. Uh, yeah. yeah. And plus there's Ronnie Spector. Yeah. What? Well, okay. Congratulations. Supernatural, <laughs> their their number one ranked show. I, however, I'm gonna give that a Falcon. Never seen oh. it. Have no interest in it. Me neither. Me neither. Where was where was American Horror Story? One. American Horror Story, David. You weren't say too bad. It was 13. like oh, oh, close, Ronnie. It was uh, I 12? believe. 18. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, 19, Ghost Whisperer. Let's do top 20. Yeah. 20 being human. Never saw it. No. Nope. You want to see Ghost Whisperer's boobs, though. I do not. <laughs> you totally do. I would, I'll tell you what. I don't want to see your Twitter account, Miss Politics. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Hold on. Friday! There's political unrest in the world. Let me see what Jennifer Love Hewitt has to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> 19 <laughs> Ghost Whisperer 18 American Horror Story uh, 17 Once Upon a Time which is kind of the fairy tale drama I heard that good things about that 16 Charmed oh of course 15 yeah. I Zombie yeah. 14 Penny Dreadful which kind of looks scary uh, mm. by the, based on the picture 13 Angel 12 The Flash 11 Vampire Diaries 10 The aforementioned Lost Oh, did they just do every movie and turn it into a freaking TV show? <laughs> I mean, Nine Grim, eight The Walking Dead. That, I feel like that should be higher. Oh, must that's much been higher. a cultural phenomenon. If you accept it in the category, then yes. True, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it is. Zombies, yeah. living zombies are uh, seven. Yeah. The originals, six Game of Thrones, which I wouldn't think is paranormal, <coughs> but I guess it kind of is because Drag- those dragons, dragons, Winter dragons, Walkers, so. and the dragons, the White Walkers. Yeah. Mm. The White Walkers, what are they called? The White mm. Walkers. Um, we don't have to get into the whole thing, but it, it, it violates a little bit of the spirit of the Monsterland podcast. And as a proud soldier yes. of you guys, thank you. You're the, paran- you the, the paranormal, the word, the, the very uh, prefix para means um, something that I will later insert into this podcast mm-hmm. when I look it up. Mm-hmm. No, it means, it mean, it means, it means it's, it's, it's a cousin of pseudo, Parasite. right? Like, right. It, no, no, it's, it's, in other words, it's. Outside the outside norm, the but it's based. There's a basis. You're, in you're norm- one foot in the normal world, one foot in the in the um, the ether. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you bring up Am an I way off. No, no, you bring up a point though. Is that the term paranormal? I think we mentioned this in episode one. Is debated among right. paranormal people. Right. What classifies paranormal? Right. So you know? a lot of like our people we have a definition. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Um, well, that's just the prefix. <laughs> Para, so that'll get us somewhere. A prefix, it means at or to one side of, besides, side by side. So side by side, the normal, not normal, but side. to me, it's always meant that because because it's what, like the yin and the yang. Kind what of you guys, what you guys educate me on this show is that there's there's a different world that's kind of one off this world mm-hmm. and. But but it's not this completely imaginary like freaking dragons and stuff. In other words, we dream up this stuff about dragons and vampires and stuff. And I've never heard you guys have a, a account of a vampire sighting. Merriam-Webster right. has a very simple definition, not scientifically explainable, which is not true. No, because well, maybe it is true because it's not bad. But you- they're using they're applying science now to a lot of what's called paranormal. But here's the point: the larger point is that people in this sphere. 
mm-hmm. debate what paranormal should include. Right. And and typically paranormal does not include Bigfoot. Correct. UFOs. It so includes so ghosts like our guest tonight might, I'm not saying he is, I don't want to speak for him, but a person yeah. like him might shy away from the term paranormal when talking about Bigfoot, for example. Right, because Ken, is a, believe... Ken is a cryptozoologist, Correct. which is the study of hidden animals, and he believes this is flesh and blood, like Correct. a lot of our guests do. But there's a good portion of them, like Nick Redfern, that believes that there is some interdimensionality Correct. aspect to so this. So we decided day one on this podcast, David, it, to say that we're going to use the term paranormal to mean everything. It's a big umbrella, yeah. Right. Yes. yeah. Dictionary definition, denoting events or phenomena such as telekinesis, or clairvoyance, she was great in the Breakfast Club. Clairvoyance, she I thought, was. yeah, mm. that are beyond the scope breakfast. of that are beyond the scope <laughs> of normal scientific understanding, mm-hmm. right? So, that. to to your former tagline, Maddie Blake, yes. we're not saying we know what it is. We're saying what is it? Yeah, there you go. I think I mangled it a little, but you no, got the I mangled it every week. Remember, I tried <laughs> to do it like five yeah, weeks in a row and couldn't get it right. Yeah, um, I wasn't going to bring that up, but. Well, that was a riveting round of Factor Falcon. Very controversial. It's one word for it. Very controversial. I don't think the tension in this room, uh, you know, the tension in this room is almost paranormal. Mm. It's Mm. like a... It definitely wasn't normal, dude. You could cut it with an axe. Um, All right, let's uh, hear from you people in my favorite segment when you take over the show. Let's open our sacks. Now it's time for Monster Mail. Um, <clears throat> we have a lot of monster mail, Ronnie. Let's get to some of our Our sacks spilled we? all over the floor. This they is are crazy. filled up. Wow. Tripping over it. Okay. Uh, someone sent us, this is uh, Barbara, sent us a video that was posted by a woman named Karen Mitchell. During my visit at the cemetery today, I had the pleasure of an experience with Ada, which I pronounce Ida, so I guess Ida. It's ADA, but she says Ida. I don't know why. I don't know Ida, but she lifted this leaf and played with me after I complimented her grave. So obviously, monsters, you can't see it at home, but if you go on Facebook, um, look for Karen Mitchell and this leaf cemetery video. It's gone a little viral. Um, What you're going to see here, or what you're going to hear here, is a woman in a cemetery, and to the studio audience here in Monsterland, I leave it to you. This would actually be another Factor Falcon. Uh, do you think there's anything to this? Uh, it appears that one of the residents of the graveyard is making this leaf dance for the woman taking the video. Take a listen. Which one of you is playing with a leaf? Holy crap. Ida. Holy crap. <laughs> it's like holding it like, what the? There were tons of other leaves in the frame that, that aren't are just moving on the ground. Right. That is so cool. It's almost like, wow. <clears throat> <laughs> it's like the wind is picking up just this yeah. one leaf and nothing else. And it seems to be <laughs> dancing now. That's so cool. Somebody commented that it could be one of those bugs that looks like a leaf, but right there in that shot, if you pause that, David. I don't think that's a freaking bug. No. Like, it's no, there's no wing. It looks just like kind of a disintegrated leaf, piece of a leaf. Yeah, because there's right? all similar leaves like that all around yes. this grave. <laughs> really, it's amazing. It's like it's someone invisible is holding it and kind yeah, of and just dancing it with it with the, with the woman taking the video, like putting yeah. on a show almost. Isn't that cool? 
That's great. So thank you for that. I love stuff like that. Uh, Ronnie, um, I don't know. I've always been of the opinion that graveyards, like I always say, like I just for me, I think it's comfort for us, but I just feel like my mother ain't anywhere near her grave. I yeah, just feel no. like she is flying. She we're is everywhere but. We're spiritual beings first. This The body is just the vessel, and I feel like uh, you're going to have them more so. And, and maybe, you know, uh, the story, this isn't someone she knows, right? She's at. I don't think so. Yeah, no. doesn't seem as she knows her. <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like, you know, once they pass on, you don't really die, but they're kind of still with us, and you, they would be with us more so at, than at the grave. Oh, but. look at this. The, she's putting her hand out, and the leaf is, like, going to land on her hand. Oh, my God, look at this. That's crazy. Wow. Now the person taking the video has put her hand out, and the leaf is dancing all around her hand next to it. Look at this. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> oh, it's my gonna God. Land her hand. It's going to oh land in her hand. Oh, my God. Oh. It's going to land on her hand. It's floating right above her. <gasps> it's on her head. Shit. It just touched her head. It's on Thank her head. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, she says. <laughs> That's okay. amazing. Now, it can't Can be the bug because she would know it was a bug at this point, right? Thank right. you. That's beautiful, man. That's a great you video. You sure I can have it or do you want it? Oh do you God. want it? It's like wow. responding to her. Phenomenal. So, yeah. So, I mean, hey. Uh, Just to ask the skeptical question. Yeah, please. Is there anything in her tone of voice or the presentation of the way the video is shot that makes you suspicious? No. Zero. Uh, well, Zero. in the way it's shot, yes, in terms of it could be on a string, a fish, fishing yeah, line, something like that. Yeah, that's the only thing I But of. her tone of voice to me sounds like she's... Pretty natural, yeah. yeah well, she's, she's emotional. Exactly. Like she's, she's, she's very, like... Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't sense I, yeah. anything. I think she's the, probably yeah. the most real part about it. Um, we also heard from, let's see here. This is from Cornell. I uh, was driving past Lemister State Forest today, and man, there's something about that place. Can't wait till hiking season. Thank oh, you, Cornell. Boy. Indeed, there is something about that place. Um, our guests, I believe, do you guys live in that area? No. 20 minutes or so? Do you have experience in that area? Do you agree that it's uh, spooky? Yeah? Yeah. All right. There we go. I object, Your Honor. Mr. Blake is leading the witness. I was leading. <laughs> but they were looking at each other like, oh, do we even, should we even tell him? <laughs> you had that look on your face. Um, we heard from Craig Roberts, Ronald, mm. in our Monster Mail. This is a great update, David. Get those typing fingers yes, ready. Yes, sir. I'm ready. You guys say you're looking for a Bigfoot movie. I don't know why I'm reading like that. He didn't attack us at all. <laughs> yes, I was looking. I was searching all for caps. a Bigfoot movie. We do want one. It's free on Amazon Prime. I'll be watching it this weekend. Thank you, Monster Craig. Big Legend in 2018. Mm. Free on Amazon. Let's find that trailer, David. Hey, Big Legend. That's what my wife calls it. Oh! Hey! Oh, no, no, no. He's got a virus. I have a virus? Not only <laughs> a great comeback. That's it. I'm out. A great callback. <laughs> and something tells me your wife wants to see that as much as we see Bigfoot. <laughs> Just seldom. <laughs> In case you weren't paying attention. Oh, this looks good. Hold the line. If you're new to Monsterland, we've been lamenting the fact that there's no good seriously taken Bigfoot scripted films. We've we might a, have got our answer right here. Got a nervous guy in a car. Ooh, yep. 
Bigfoot's attacking him. All right. Either that or his tent mate is pissed. <laughs> Either that or it's Ronnie's huge package. That's right. It's Ronnie's ectoplasm. I saw something. Oh, I like this, guys. I like this. It's not schlocky. Things not exactly friendly to people. I want to see it. See what? The big man. Oh, a little shocky there. Got a little shocky all of a sudden. That's all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with it. The myth. I'll read the taglines. <laughs> nice guys with guns going through the forest. They've got their scopes. Is real. Oh! oh, oh, oh. He, he just, just took a boulder to boulder the shin. To the knee. Oh. Bigfoot is taking them and tossing them like rag dolls. They're... F we still don't really see Bigfoot, though. He's no, kind of right. out of frame, Which right? I like. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I agree. Right? Kevin Mackley, Todd A. Robinson, Summer Spiro, Amanda Weiss, Adrian Barbeau! Adrian what? Barbeau! Stunt the presses! <laughs> Holy shit! Speaking of wanting to see boobs. What? Or not wanting to see them. Speaking of waking the dead. Adrian Big Legend. That looks cool. That looks really good. Okay. Yeah. Of course it's safe. We'll figure it out when we get there. Trust me. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Amazon Prime. We I'm have a date. Too. Yeah, that's good. Wow. Thank you so much to Monster Craig for sending that in. Craig Thank Roberts. Thank you, Craig. Man, uh, real quick, is there a yes. is there a term, a Hollywood term for that? What that that little. Uh, bit at the end of a trailer. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, Ooh. no. I mean, a coda would be, but coda. I don't know specifically for trailers. There probably is, but I don't know it. If there is a, a you know, a, okay, a tag fair or yeah. a, to a tag, coda or yeah. a tag, yeah. yeah. Um, someone can correct me on that if they're in the industry and they make trailers. They'll know what that uh, name is. But quick shout out here. Um, can you vamp for a second? Sure. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but next week I'm going to be on Travel Channel Wednesday night. <laughs> Good vamp. April 3rd, He's 9 made it p.m. Abundantly clear. In search of monsters. <laughs> abundantly clear. Yeah, so that's what's where, going on. And then uh, maybe where we can get your book. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, thanks for bringing that up, Maddie. Uh, so I have a uh, book signing <laughs> on uh, oh. Barnes and Noble on Saturday, April 27th from 12 to 4. And maybe we might do a podcast there. Who knows? Cool. Um, yeah. Shout out to Robert Kraskowski, who is a director who directed the film. The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, a guest mm, on this podcast. Great guy. I would recommend highly. One of my favorite episodes ever. Go back to earlier this season. Find that episode. We interview the director of that film. Since we're talking about Bigfoot films, mm -hmm. this is the film that kind of started it all with us. that conversation. Uh, it's called The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot, starring Sam Elliott, director Robert Kraskowski. I've heard him interviewed on other podcasts, and yours was the only one where he mentioned a personal paranormal experience. Yeah. Right? And it was the best yeah. interview, no doubt. Yeah. And he promised he'd put me in his next film. That's right. Don't question it. Let's just move on. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> KG Montgomery, uh, based on a, on a we, got a... we got a message from someone. Maddie, what official yes. kind, type of tidbit is this that you're... Uh, Presenting to our audience right now. Uh, how so? Would it be a uh, now? It's time for monster shoutouts. We, we you had him do the voiceovers. We might as well use him. All right, yeah. This oh, that was a monster shoutout for Robert Kraskowski. Thank you so much, David. That's why you're the producer. He'll Super get it. Dead. He'll get it eventually, Ronnie. Um, I, know, I know. It's called producing. Mm -hmm. Now we had posted a picture, Ronnie. I need your help on this. Yes. Of a 
triangle-shaped formation only seen with night vision goggles. Oh, yeah. Was it on our Facebook? Facebook. Okay. Now, what do you know about that, if anything? Uh. It's, uh, it's, we post these pictures when we get them. Um, and Rich Damascio on our Facebook said that looks like geese to him. But I don't know, with night vision goggles, would geese show up like that? No. No. I don't know. It looks like a triangle-shaped craft that you'd only see, you know, lit up with if you had the night vision goggles. Look like it was cloaking or something. And um, now here's, but I want to read this because this I I want to f- dig. I want to drill down on this. Oh boy. K. J. Um, Montgomery said on this picture, the late she mentioned someone that used to offer viewings with night vision goggles for people. Seems like there's quite a bit of activity above us. She says, but then the name of the man. She said. And I'm not making this up. She said the late Ed Grimsley used to offer viewings with night vision goggles. Now, Ed Ed Grimsley Grimsley with the the hair in the back. That's a Martin Short character, right? Yes. These are the best night goggles, I must say. (laughs) Oh, give me a break. Oh, give me a break. Hold on. So now I got to go Ed Grimsley night. uh, I mean, Uh, it was was Grimsley, though, Matt. You said Grimsley. The character's name was Grimsley. Oh, my God. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. That's the rub. That's I the know. problem. Yeah. Spelling is hard, Maddie. Ed, <laughs> wait, he was Ed Grimley. Ed Correct. Grimley, right. So she's got Ed Grimsley. It still begs the question: Who out there in the U in U- ufology is reminiscent of a legendary Stand I Live character? Because I want to know this fucking guy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Here what's, we go. What's interesting is contact Dan in the desert. Ed He's Grimley. probably got like a million friends. <laughs> I must say. Then again, maybe he doesn't. Ron, you don't know about <laughs> this dude. To say. Ed Grimley. Uh, excuse me, Ed Grimsley. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Ed Grimsley. <laughs> <laughs> the man is dead. Uh, Have some respect. Uh, I think he's dead. Ed Grimsley, <laughs> 1945. Cigarettes February, are bad. Yeah, normally when they say the range of dates, it means you, you passed, right? <laughs> Ed Grimsley, 1945. February 22nd, 2016. Oh, yeah. In memory of Ed Grimsley. Father of the night vision experience. Wow. Have you ever heard of this cat? No. I would remember Ed Grimsley. One of my favorite SNL characters. <laughs> we had contact in the desert, mourn the passing of Ed Grimsley, who's been part of the contact in the desert family from the beginning. Uh, Ed Grimsley was an Air Force veteran and founder of Citizens Alliance. He devoted his life to the study of the UFOs, government cover-ups, and the secret space mm. program. He was the first to start the night vision experience and taught others how to research in this manner for over 25 years. Wow. Ed Grimsley had been scanning the night sky (laughs) since he was a teenager, I must say. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) I must say. However, um, he had later found that military night vision goggles allowed him to scan the dark skies in a way that he'd never dreamed possible. This is fantastic. I want to look more into this. Thank you, KJ. For this little now, where was he? And that, 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 where is uh, this place in the well in the desert? But I wonder where. And that was posted by Richard Lenny that posted the. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Um, the triangle video. There. Maddie, f- Maddie, I yeah. got a paranormal report from some purported expert uh-huh. named uh, Roseanne Rosanna Damsley. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, isn't that funny? That Same is, as this that, SNL character. Is, what is going on here? Yeah. That is weird. Pretty this strange. is very queer. Interesting yeah. though, Dan Aykroyd. Right, had a UFO experience. Saturday Night Live. Had he's a, a big black experience, but he's also a big ufology guy. His like father, he, I think, was uh, also. Eric? I think so. Really? I think so. I think that's how he got into it, or like an uncle or something. Hmm. But yeah, and then he had, he said he got harassed by Men in Black. Dan Aykroyd did. Wow. Yes. Unbelievable. Um, 
after oh, he was my pa- God. after he was passed over for the role of Men in Black. But Do you know when, one uh, of the <laughs> leading pers- people right Tommy now investigating UFOs? The Church Man. <laughs> uh, it's time to all right. I'm embarrassed to say I've gone too far. Maddie, I was I was looking at the same list. It's weird. There aren't that many fictional SNL no, characters to by, play off of. No by you name, like yeah. Father Guido yeah. Sadducci. There you like, go. De- Debbie da- that's a good one. Debbie Downer. It go. wouldn't work, it's too kitschy. The church lady, and then like well, you can't do like Pat. How can you play on right. the word Pat? Right. Like it's just one syllable. Well, the Debbie Downer <laughs> UFO person was Debbie Upper. <laughs> oh, all right. It's definitely time to stop. Gumby Dibbit. I would like to thank our guest, Ronnie, your co star. Tell us one more time where we can see you guys. Sure. Uh, Travel Channel next week, April 3rd, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Ken Gerhard, myself, and others will be on In Search of Monsters, which is a new series by the producers of Ancient Aliens. Thank you to late Ed Grimsley. <laughs> Rest in peace, Ed. Thank you to Robert Kraskowski. Even though he wasn't in this week's episode, I still just want to make sure he puts me in his movie. God, Robert Kraskowski. Robert Kraskowski. Robert Kraskowski. It's time for monster shoutouts. <laughs> Robert Kraskowski in the hizzy. <laughs> um, thank you, monsters, for participating. Thank you to our lovely in studio guests. Thank you, you added to the energy, and uh, I'm sorry you had to witness this. Hmm. Basically, thank you once again, producer Dave. And all kidding aside, if I may, Ronnie, I'd like to dedicate this episode to the late, great Dan Blankenship. Yes, please. Until next time, monsters, we'll see you right here. You might want to bring a friend because it gets spooky in Monsterland. If we learn anything tonight, yes? it's this. If you want to keep a secret, uh, no, what was it? How did it go? <laughs> if three people have We've a secret. We've learned nothing. Thanks if, for if listening. If three people are, are have a secret, right, and like two of them die... That one person knows it. <laughs> Go on. Go on. <laughs> but if a fourth person comes in, right. you're screwed because then they'll tell everybody. And then that creates a whole, like, a conspiracy kind of Every thing. Every time Ronnie does anything on this podcast, and now on, we're playing this fucking show. <laughs> Good night, everybody. For joining us on the Monsterland podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. I bet you enjoy funerals. I do, right? especially of my enemies. <laughs> <laughs>